Welcome back, everyone, to episode 11 of Side of the Storm. Uh, my name is Evan Westling, and I am joined alongside my co-host, Brandon Ness. Uh, first off, apologize that this is getting out uh, day late than usual. Uh, I was at the game, uh, and then we were unable to get it recorded for most of the part today, so we're doing this late Sunday night. Um, but you guys should get this early Monday morning, so we apologize that it's about a day late. But... Nonetheless, we are here to cover um, the fourteen eleven loss in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was just a really disappointing game. Really disappointing showing on pretty much every facet, other than second half defense. To be completely honest, so obviously a lot to work on, and you're showing up and you got another week ahead of you against a really good team. So can't be looking back too much but there is a lot to clean up before next game yeah um i don't want to talk a whole lot about the stats but i'm you know we got to bring up stats uh deckers was 30 of 48 for 287 one touchdown one pick 48 yeah uh yeah uh silas took over for gyrell gyrell had one carry for eight yards it looked like an ankle so i was on the iowa state sideline um and he was trying to jog on it, uh, kind of the that defensive possession and the next couple like offensive possessions, and eventually just took his helmet off, and that's what that's when I kind of knew it was done. So Silas took over. He had twelve for twenty nine, um, and then Sanders also had eight for ten. Uh, so good news for Jirel at least is if he's able to jog on it a little bit, it's nothing too serious. Yeah. And typically ankles aren't something that keep you out for an extended period of time. So No, and I saw like a quote on Twitter. It sounded like because they asked Campbell and Jirel about it after the game, uh, Campbell said week to week, you know, they also probably didn't know a whole lot about the injury at the time. But Jirel said he just didn't feel like it was worth going out and making it any worse than it needs to be, which honestly props to him. It's a marathon I've, on a sprint. Yeah. We would have we needed him, but um, you know, I can't I'd much rather have him for the last seven than have him gone for the last seven. So is what it is. Uh for receiving. Hutch just continues to be Hutch. Uh thirteen for one oh one. Then Stanley had five for 81 with a long of 53. That bomb to set up the lone Iowa State touchdown. Jalen Knoll, four for 56. Easton Dean, two for 24. Silas, four for 13. Shaw, one for seven. And Eli, uh, one for five. So he got it to seven different guys. So, you know, I guess good job at spreading the wealth. Um, yeah, defensively, um, Jeremiah Cooper led the way in total tackles with seven. Bo had six. Orion had six. Anthony Johnson with five. Reader with five. You know, we can go on and on. The lone sack was by MJ. Um, Will had a hurry. MJ had a QB hurry. Orion had a tackle for loss in the strip. So, you know. But, yeah, I guess one stat you really can't ignore is Jace Gilbert. Uh, one for four, um, along with 35, um, and then Tyler Perkins, three for 26 and a touchback. You played really well. Yeah. If you want to look for a bright spot in special teams, it's the punter. Yeah. And I guess the holder. Yeah. You got the two-point conversion. (laughs) Pretty much the only spark we had all game, so props to him. But, yeah, I think it's 
it's really easy to put the game solely on the kicker, but I don't think that's necessarily right. It's on the offense, first of all. Just you can't be stalling out at the 30 every single possession. No. And especially against a defense like Kansas, which is allowing 400 yards a game coming into this, you got to move the ball better than that. And there was just no consistency. It never really seemed like we were in rhythm at all. So, I don't know. The offense has a lot to work on coming into K-State where it's a better defense. And you're at home, but I don't know. You saw against Baylor at home, and there wasn't really much of a difference, so a lot to work on. Yeah. So the plan for this episode is cover... Usually you want to get the bad stuff out of the way, but there's too much glaring bad things to go over. So we're going to talk about like basically the lone bright spot of the defense, and then we'll really hit on in depth on the offense and special teams. So starting with the defense, um, I don't think you could have asked anything more from them. I mean, if you really look at it, sure, they gave up... I mean, 14, let alone, is really really good especially against that offense one of their touchdowns is also they were set up at the 19 from Decker's pick so to be honest the defense really only gave up one drive you can maybe say two on the one where they missed the field goal but in all honesty the defense really only gave up one drive the entire game they did their job perfectly pretty much I mean had one fourth down stop down at the 10-ish yard line had a missed field goal there, so I mean, they did their job. And when you're coming into this game, you think you hold Kansas to 14, you're going to win the game. Oh no so doubt. It's, I mean, it is it is what it is. They held their end of the bargain there, and it's just kind of on the offense now. And I mean, you're not going to get a defensive touchdown every game, so you're going to no. have to well, rely on the offense to score you good points here. And the defense, at least at Iowa State, it's never really been known for turnovers anyway, so let alone, like, points. They're very conservative in that wins you a lot of games, but it's not going to win you games solely because of the defense. Yeah. And, I mean, like, you saw, like, what they did. Um, you know, Jalen muffs that punt, and they get the ball back in two plays. They get a huge tackle for loss. It was, like, four. And then Vance gets a strip sack, or not strip sack, but just strips high shot. So, I mean, even when everything was against them, they continued to step up and gave the offense a shot. So, I mean, I think the official stat was like 52 total yards and no points in the second half. So, like, Haycock making his classic John Haycock halftime adjustments. I don't know how he does it so beautifully every game, but, like, like he, I, you can't, like, Every aspect of the defense, maybe outside of Reader, like, I couldn't have asked for, like, anything better from those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think the glaring difficulty is still the running or linebackers outside of Orion. Yeah, and it's, I think it's hard to judge Vaughn right now because it feels like they're never – I feel like no one is ever going to the left side of the defense. They always go to the right, and I, I don't blame them. They're attacking – they're making Colby kind of get to the ball – and you saw Will McLaughlin get a lot of snaps uh, in that second half. A lot half. of the twos definitely got snaps in the second half. And, I mean, rightfully so. You're getting towards the end of the game. Dude, guys are getting tired, and they're not exactly quick to begin with. So getting fresh yeah. legs in there is big, and especially in a year like this where it's definitely turning into you're looking at kind of a rebuild year, get a bunch of guys experience, and then really get after it next year. Yeah, and I think, like, well, the other thing I want to think about is, like, Jeremiah Cooper made some pretty good plays. 
I don't remember. I mean, I don't really remember seeing Malik Verdon a lot. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, but Cooper played a heck of a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, it's I, you could have asked the defense to do more. They they stopped like like we said this. This offense is putting up like what was it like four four hundred something yards and. 43 points, something along the lines of that. Yeah, I think it was like 48 and a half points. I don't know. Yeah. The offense was insane. Like, Jalen Daniels was 7 of 14 for 93 yards in the air, and then eight carries for nine yards. We kept him in the pocket, and that's really what kept him from scoring a lot of the time. He's looking to rush or looking to run the ball a lot, and you saw a lot of the times when he's forced to throw from the pocket, he's airmailing them a lot. And yeah. they had a couple of times where they had an open touchdown that was just a pass away. So, I mean, there's definitely still things to clean up a little bit on the backside, but it's nothing that's going to keep you from winning games, I don't think. No. So, I mean, that's honestly your lone bright spot from this game. The defense played great. Um but now we get into the more fun stuff to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about offense or special teams first. They're both oh, equally bad. I like some offense to start me off. All right. So I think you kind of started it off before I kind of laid out the episode. Um, they just stalled out so much. I mean, they were just never really in rhythm, and that was – it was really on everybody on the team, to be honest, outside of the wide receivers. They had a pretty good game, I thought. I mean, Dimitri kind of established himself again yeah. for a second straight game, and X is X. Noel, he was all right. He did his job. He didn't need him to do a ton, but I don't know. The offensive line, if Deckers isn't going to scramble like we thought he was going to entering the year, they're going to need to hold up a little better, and that's on the offensive line as well as tight ends pass blocking, which they can't block. Well, and I'll say something about that. I think, like, well, I'll say this. Like, not, like... We could have won this. Like, did we deserve to win this game? Absolutely not. But, like, we still could have won this game without Jirel. You know, at the end of the day, we did miss three field goals. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, if we had Jirel, I, I really don't think the offense would have had as much troubles. Because, like, I mean, his first, he had his, his one carry is for eight yards. Like, this defense was giving up, like, I think it was, like, six yards of play or it was, like, six yards of rush. It was something, like glaring where like I, I had no I mean you picked Jarrell for your player of the game like I could have easily seen him going for a hundred uh, if we gave him enough carries like I don't like he's the only guy in the backfield that can really make guys miss at a consistent rate well it's not even that like it's also like Silas can't go up the gut and not well no and so like but like Jarrell would have been able to get you at least 70 I have no doubt and also the other thing that I think people don't really take into account is like pass protection wise. Like you're you're counting on a li- listed at five eight running back. Five six. Yeah. You're you're counting on him to take up blocks, like eat up blocks for Deckers. Like yeah. one thing, like you saw this a lot last year. Jirel was like the third down back. If it was like a clear passing situation, they almost always took off Brees because they kept Jirel back in there to pick up blitzes. Like, he's a really good pass blocker. And so you take away your big body that would have taken some shots. Like, you can't really trust Silas to eat those. And he he, he did his best, but he's he's small. Yeah, and 
There's not a ton you can do at that point. And yeah. it's him and it's Sanders, and Sanders hasn't really proven to be that much of a game changer to this point. So. Yeah. Well, and, and we highlight, I mean, I think you brought it up, but, like, we you kind of felt like this could have been, like, the replica of Brees' 19 game at West Virginia for Norton, and it sounds like um, he got injured in practice. Uh, he wasn't a boot. Um, so... That sucks because I would have felt a lot better. I I, could, I almost guarantee you Norton would have gotten like he's fifteen plus carries. Yeah. You know, he's the two at this point. I think yeah. it's hard to know because he's been banged up here and out. But I mean, but it's also like Salas had twelve carries for twenty nine. So I, I I don't think there's anything else you need to see. Yeah, I mean. It almost just feels like we need kind of another aspect to the path or the offense, other than just run up the middle and passing in the pocket with Deckers. Yeah, um, but no, I definitely think you know it's never good like when you you know you don't have a starter on the field. But the one thing I, I guess I'll be continue on that ride home. Which let me tell you, four hours back home after that kind of game is not fun whatsoever. But anyway. I think, like, one of the things, because you just, well, that's, like, you sit in that car thinking and running everything through your mind, like, everything that went wrong, what you, like, but nonetheless, like, the one, one thing that really popped out to me when I was just pondering was, like, Campbell and his staff preached the entire offseason about how deep this running back room is. And I get that your one and two is hurt, but the, the, when you say your running back room is deep, I would expect Silas to get more than 30 yards on 12 carries. That's not a good defense. That's the thing is it's not a good defense and it's not a good rushing defense. No. So if you're not going to get yards against them, I don't know what you're going to do against K-State. Well, no, and it's that, that's why I'm like sitting here like you've been preaching this whole time about, you know, you kind of have Jirel going into the year as one. But then like between like Silas, Sanders, and Norton, it was like 1A, 1B, 1C. And it was like there's – that was that's not one A one B one C, like it's right? a clear one two three at this point. Yeah, and so like I don't know how you sit there and preach that the entire off season, and we see what kind of. And I'm not trying to crap on Silas. I'm just like it's hard to like understand like how this staff preached the the whole like fall camp mainly about how deep the running back room was, and it's like Sanders hasn't impressed me all year. I mean. And this is no offense to Silas. It's just hard to be that good of a running back at his size. Like, you'll see guys like, like, you'll see, like, a guy like, you know, Dufon or Darren Sproles back in the day. They're outliers. Yeah, but you're never going to see a consistent, like, running back of those size being able to be good at this level. And, like, again, like you said, there's outliers, but I don't know what else to really say, like, it's just it's hard to be good at that 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 size, and it sucks, but it's it's just it's just what happens most of the time, you know. And at this point, it's just kind of you're waiting for these guys to get back and healthy, and that it does change the offense a lot. And you obviously see that with two guys going out, your top two running backs, and then you throw the ball forty eight times. Yeah. So obviously, I think the talk going into the preseason was maybe a little bit of coach speak, and just trying to get guys some added confidence and but who really knows what's going on behind closed doors and clearly they didn't have a ton of confidence if you're throwing the ball 48 times and you're only yeah. down three yeah it's not like it was an obvious passing situation you were yeah. down three the entire third quarter so um 
but yeah, I guess we kind of got I kind of took it off track and put it to the running game. But Brandon kind of brought up the all line, and one thing I'll say, and this kind of what got me started, like when you have Silas the one taking those blitzes at your running back, like it, like he wasn't like he did like I said he did his best to pick up those blitzes, but it still wasn't great. I think the other time, the other thing too is they just Kent just kept dialing up the blitzes. And I don't blame him. Like when you aren't scared of the run. There's no reason to even try to defend it. Like, just keep bringing heat. And you're relying on Silas to pick up those blitzers. And, like, they played it perfectly. Like, they weren't afraid of us running the ball the second Jirel went down and they saw what Dion was able to do. They're like, okay, we're just going to put heat on Deckers. And so, like, I think you look at the offensive line and I'm like, I don't think they played a bad game. I think they were put in a really bad situation. Um, And also... Like, when you can't run the ball, you're, like, we've talked about this, how we were worried about this team being one-dimensional in multiple different games, and it's, like, that puts a lot more pressure on Deckers um, and the line. And I thought there was times where Deckers had plenty of time, and he just sat in the pocket. Like, there was a couple, like, one play that really just sticks out to me was there's one time, like, he evaded a sack where he got out of the pocket somehow, and he spun back into the pocket and got sacked. And that's where I'm like, like, what are you doing? He just didn't look comfortable the entire game, and his pocket presence is really bad right now. Yeah, he's have he has five six seconds sometimes, and he still allows a sack. Yeah, first of all, throw the ball away. Yeah, but when you're a so-called dual threat, and maybe you're not, maybe you're, but you're not a statue back there. No, you can move. No, yeah, and we're running read options with you, so it's not like. He, the coaches don't think you can move outside the pocket and get yards. So it's like at this point, okay, some of it's play calling. You're not going to just sit there with a stationary pocket. you got to move him a little bit. Yeah. And you're seeing it with the play calling. He's just sitting back there with five offensive linemen and a tight end that can't block and a running back that can't block. Yeah. So obviously it's not going to work. No. And so I think, you know, this is – I, I tried establishing, establishing this a little bit in the first episode. See, if we had a podcast last season, it had been so clear how much I love Brock. Um, so I don't want to like try to sit here and compare Brock and Deckers. I'm, I say that, but yet I'm still going to do it a little bit. Like, there are two completely different style of quarterbacks, and um, like I guess the one thing I'll say is like it felt like. Brock never went through growing pains as a true freshman, and we're seeing Deckers kind of go through some stuff where it's like, you've been in this program, this is your third year, some of this stuff feels like, I know you don't have game experience. You did have some. Yeah, but I'm also saying like, I mean, you don't have like that starter experience, but you've been in the this program long enough to feel like some of these plays or some of your decisions is like, it feels like it shouldn't be happening, and you know... I'm also not going to sit here and say, though, that, like, Brock is more talented than Deckers because Deckers has a lot more of those God-given traits. He's got a bigger arm. Yeah. I think is, he, at this point, is just kind of learning it at this yeah. point. And it, this season is starting to look more and more, just rebuild, get ready for next year, get some guys in experience, and then work towards next year. And in the end, it's not great to hear right now when you're sitting in the beginning of October. And obviously, the season's not over, but... You just, it's you know. there's not a ton of positives to take from a game like this or a game like Baylor last week, and now you're looking at next week and it's just well, 
you don't have a break the rest of the season. No. And so, I don't know. I guess, like, the things that, like, and I don't know. Like, it feels like, here's, here's, like, my three main things that I guess I can take away, at least negatively, from Decker's, at least what I saw Saturday. I don't want to be sitting here pooping on guys, on our own players. I don't like doing that. And I'm not going to try to do this. I just, like, want to point out some of the stuff that he has been bad at. We started this earlier. His pocket presence is really bad. Um, and that can grow over time by, like, finding what you're comfortable with. But there's some situations where, like I said, he's spun back into the pocket or he doesn't feel a guy coming off his blind side, stuff like that. And he just, like, kind of lets sex, sacks happen. And so I'm just, like, his pocket presence is not good. And the good news on that front is all of these things that we're listing for pretty much every player is something that can be learned. Yeah. So it's not like in the past Iowa State teams where we're like, okay, we don't even have the talent. Yeah. We got the talent. It's just developing it. Yeah. And this team is really young across the board. Mm-hmm. You have a couple of lone seniors, some in the linebackers, a couple on the defensive line, and then a the safety. offensive line is all upperclassmen. Yeah. Which concerns me considering they're still not where we thought they'd, they were going to be the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess pocket presence is maybe the most glaring thing. And then you can maybe combine uh, these two things together. Um, his uh, his unwillingness to scramble slash extending the play. It's really frustrating. Like I said, like this kind of connects to the pocket presence. Like, there are some situations where... He has been, he can be, like, he doesn't, like, if you're standing there for three seconds and nothing's open and the pocket's collapsing, get out. And it feels like he's just waiting for someone to get open and you'll stand in the pocket. Like, yes, there's some times where if you have, like, a long developing play, sit in there. And if you get sacked on a long developing play because it doesn't get open, then I don't, like, I don't really blame Deckers for that. But there's situations when, like, when you're running underneath stuff and it's just covered, and you're sitting there for three seconds, almost four seconds, and you're not getting out of the pocket, like you're not making any move to get out, like you shouldn't need to tell a quarterback to scramble. That's not. It doesn't feel like that should be something you need to, you need to be telling a quarterback, but it feels like that's when we need to start doing the Deckers. And, like, this is one thing where, I, like, I'm comparing a little bit to Brock. That, that's one thing I'm missing so much right now. And there was times where Brock had happy feet, but at the end of the day, he extended the play phenomenally, and... He also scrambled when he needed to. Like, there's like it just felt like there's... The other thing, too, it feels like Deckers is constantly going for contact. Like, just get upfield and get down. Stop trying to do a little hesitation to put your shoulder into a guy. You're quarterback. That's get the up the team. field. The whole team likes going east and west before north and south. Yeah. And you even see it on that last third down when we had the kick. We ended up in third and one because Hutch didn't get up the field. He went right into a guy. Yeah. It's like, okay... The whole field awareness thing is really a problem for the entire team. You're seeing it on these screen passes that we throw a ton of all of a sudden for some reason. Yeah. When Noel is just shifting right and left and waiting for somebody to tackle him. Yeah. But, no, I think his inability right now to extend the play and scramble is really getting – is really bothering me. Um, and I think may, this could also be potentially the biggest thing. Um He's not on target. He's not on the same page with guys. Um, you can pr- probably 
half his picks right now are him not being on the same page with his receivers. Like, one thing... <coughs> sorry. Not again. Oh, don't worry. That one's not bad. I just didn't... I was talking a lot. I didn't get a little water. We're not going to go crazy like last one. Um, but anyway, um, I think... Like, half of his picks can be blamed on not being on the same page. Um, And, you know, some of that is, like, one thing Brock never did was really ever throw to spots. And throwing to spots is a good thing. But when you're not on the same page with guys, that's where you see these picks happen. And at the end of the day, those are more costly. Um, And so, like, you know, I think of the Iowa one. His second one, you know, he thought Noel was going in and he threw it out. And then, you know, yesterday you saw the pick that uh, was ruled in. He thought Hutch was going in and uh, Hutch went out. And so he threw it inside and corner got it. Um, a play by the corner. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still, you don't throw it to, I mean, you're throwing it to the wrong spot. Um, and even there's ones that don't get picked off, like um, when we were backed up on the one-yard line, I think it was the second down play, Hutch runs a slant, he throws the ball to the outside. And so it just feels like he's not on the same page with anyone right now. Um, I don't know. I feel like these r- short rhythm throws aren't working, and if they do work, it's picking up three yards. So it's just in that kind of leans on the running game a lot too because once you're one-dimensional and then you're relying on short yardage to be passing plays that's going to lead to a lot of stuff over the middle that has the potential of getting deflected and tipped off so I mean there's some of that and then obviously we took what one shot yesterday and it worked yeah so I don't know why we're not and last week we were like four of four I mean you can also say like they did throw that deep fade to Shaw and that's on Hutch, or not Hutch, sorry. That That's on Deckers, too, with the fact that he threw that on the inside. If you're throwing a fade, it's on the outside, and it's your guy, or it's no one. Exactly. Now, I don't think Shaw made a great effort, but nonetheless, you you need to throw that high and outside. You can't throw that inside. Like um, He was under-throwing pretty much everybody yesterday. He wasn't stepping into his throws. Everything was at people's feet. I mean, and when he was overthrowing somebody with Silas, and that's because he's four feet tall. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just he was not sharp. He was not really on target with anybody. He wasn't on the same page. He's not using his feet to create a different dimension of his game. I mean, something needs to change, and obviously it's not like, okay, we need to switch quarterbacks because we've seen the other guys briefly already, and they didn't really – light the field on fire so it's you're just kind of stuck at this point and now you're dealing with injuries in the running back room so you need the quarterback more than ever it's kind of a tough situation yeah and you know I know Brock had those games you know ones that like really stick out the big 12 championship Iowa last year Okie State in 2019 they were isolated incidents and this doesn't seem to be isolated yeah and so like Brock would have those games where yeah he single-handedly lost it like he just screwed up and that's really the reason we lost um but also he was never consistently turning the ball over that's what I'm a little worried with with Deckers right now is 
like I said, Brock had those bad games where, like, he single-handedly lost it and threw, like, three picks. Um, like, the only time I really remember him, like, he threw three picks versus Baylor and somehow came back to win that one. But that Baylor team was not great. Um, but I don't know. Like, it feels like Deckers is – like, Brock never consistently turned the ball over. Like I said, he'd have those bad games. But outside of those bad games, he wouldn't turn it over for, like, a three- to four-game stretch. Like, he just – or if it is, it was, like, a one pick on kind of a dumb thing. Um, and Deckers has turned it over in every game. You know, to, I would give him a little slack on the Ohio fumble. So if you take that away, then that's the only game he didn't turn it over in. But, like, you threw two picks versus Iowa. Um, they're both your fault. Whether it's miscommunication or not on one of them, it's still your fault as the quarterback. Um that Southeast Missouri State one completely forced it. Baylor, um, again, he led Hutch into a uh, into a hit, so that ball is gonna pop in the air nine out of ten times. And then that other one, he just kind of had to get rid of it, but it still wasn't a good read by any means. And then you know, yesterday, uh, another miscommunication interception, and he's lucky that that one got overturned. Uh, and also, there was one. I think it was on the drive that. Jace made his lone field goal. He threw one to Shaw in the end zone that was not at Shaw. It was like in between two Kansas guys and was very lucky to get picked. So my problem is he's consistently turning the ball over. Yeah, I don't know. He, he puts himself in a lot more turnover-worthy moments than Brock did last year. And a lot of that is age and experience. But like you said, he's been on the program three years. He's not a true freshman. Yeah. You can't be making freshman mistakes as a junior. Yeah. Like, I get that, you know, you don't have game experience, but you've been in this program, so that's where some of this stuff is like, this can't be happening. Yeah. It's not necessarily that he's, like, a bad quarterback, and he's not. There's a lot worse out there, but it does seem like he's holding this team back. Yeah. Um, But I also – I actually like that you ended off with that he's holding it back. I think – Partially, yes, in terms of his turnovers. And sometimes, like, he's missing those underneath throws. Like, he's under-throwing guys. Or, like, he just like he just flats out missed the passes sometimes on short stuff, whether that's, like, a dump off to the running back or one of the shallow crossers. That's the problem with a timing situation. If you get knocked off your route at all, it's a problem. But the one thing I want to act I, – I really want to talk about is offensive play calling. I think one thing that they are not doing Decker's justice on is they are treating him like he's Brock Purdy. And newsflash, he's not Brock Purdy. Like I said, oh, nice. Uh, there's uh, The Kansas highlights are being popped on Channel 13 right now as that's on our TV. So that's just great timing. They're mocking us. Um, but anyway, uh, back to what I was saying. Hunter Decker's is not Brock Purdy. Um, they are two completely different style quarterbacks. Brock couldn't throw the ball deep, so they just, you know, they're like, hit the underneath stuff, and Brock was really accurate on underneath and intermediate throws. Now, Deckers, he kind of tries to put a little heat on it, and he misses the underneath stuff, but he's got a cannon, and you've seen him unleash the deep ball, so it's like, why are we taking, like, very minimal shots? I don't get it. We actually have speed on wide receiver side this Yeah, so it's like, you have speed and you have the arm, so, like... You need to start treating Deckers with the like with the quarter like with the talent that he has. That's yeah. what I'm like frustrated with is you're treating him like he's Brock Purdy. Like you're in the same scheme that you used for Brock um, 
the year Manning came back because obviously it's it was a completely different Brock Purdy his freshman year and then sophomore junior senior under Manning so but it's, you're just treating him like he's Brock and like I I just like there's a handful of like I don't know a third and they're not long but like medium ish like third and sevens third and eights. And we're just running shallow crossers for three yards. Like, what do you expect to happen? It seems like we were playing a lot not to lose this game. And that was really frustrating, especially when we don't have the kicker. Yeah. So you can't play for three. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that play call at the end of the game to not go for fourth down or whatever really cost us the game at the end. The kicker wasn't making it. No. He was so in his head at that point. He wasn't making a 20-yarder. No. So it's just, I don't know. And that clock management was so terrible. You're yeah. going to get a yard on fourth down, I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. But you let it bleed down to 20 seconds on the clock, well. You know you're taking it. If you get two more yards, it's not going to matter. And then you're not going to throw up a 30-yard bomb to end the game. You're going to kick it because that's the only good option you have. Yeah. So I my biggest thing on the offensive play calling side of things is just, just move the freaking pocket. Like, yeah. It, he's not he's not going to be a statue back there, and he's not being good back there as a statue, so you got to move him out. And he's... If he's missing passes, you got to move him out. He's not accurate when he's standing there, so you might as well take a shot, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But yeah. you can't be putting up 11 against the worst defense in the conference. Yeah. And I, I just, like, I'm just, like, I'm sitting here, like, I don't know. Like, again, like, they're treating like Brock Purdy, but at the same time, there's no creativity in the play calling. Um, like, me and my dad were watching the Viking Saints game, and there was a play where, um, I don't know, like, they just ran. It was, like, first and goal, and they put – Jefferson on a a quick touch pass and he walked into the end zone. It's like can we not like throw a reverse to Null every now and then? You know what's weird? When we did a play like that to Null, it worked. Yeah. Well it's just like mix it up a little bit. Like you're having trouble in the run game. Oh, no way. They literally just put on the Justin Jefferson highlight I just talked about. Okay. It's a sign. No, but I mean seriously, it's like catch him off guard. Like Null's your gadget player. And, you know, you give him all these screens because you want to give him the ball in space. So it's like, give him an end around, something. Like, catch the defense off guard. Like, push it to the outside. Like, if you can't run the ball, what is it going to hurt you? Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I didn't understand, like, when we're throwing, like, we're giving Silas, like, a little draw. Like, he's not getting any yards. Like, why can't we give it to Noel? I don't know. It just feels like we're running the same combinations of routes over and over again every week. And there's no creativity in the offense. And, like, I'm not going to, like, a guy like Manning will never get fired. Not really anyone on the staff. The only reason they are, they're not on the team the next season is if they take a new job. Campbell's been with these guys for so long. And, I mean, you saw it. Like, Manning goes to Indy, didn't like it. And Matt welcomed him back right away the next year. So it's, you know, like, he's not, like, these guys aren't going to get fired but at the same time, it's like I'm losing faith in Manning at this point. We've seen a really disgusting offense every year he's been here. Like, honestly, 
Like, we've had guys like Brees to bail him out and good players like Hutch and Kohler and to make him look good. But at the same time, like, it feels like we've ran – like, and I get it, like, it's your same OC, so, like, you're going to have a similar offense. But it feels like we're running a very boring same style of offense and we're not playing to our strengths. Like, we, like, we just haven't done that. You know what this reminds me a lot of is the Steve Promera at Iowa State for basketball. <laughs> You see these guys, you got seven guys on one team in the NBA, and yeah. we can't score with that team. It's a lot like this. Yeah. You have your highest recruiting class in however many years, a lot. Yeah. And we can't score more than 11 on the worst defense in the conference, and it's just kind of a situation where you've been around for this is a seventh Campbell's whole is- tenure minus one year. Yeah, and, so, and honestly, in the one year, may I state, is the best offensive showing – we have had ever because I mean we it does it, up. it does help when you have Hakeem and you can kind of throw it up and you're like you're you're always gonna have a shot. But at the same time, you have Dimitri who can always get behind the, the defense, and also like I'm um, like Hutch is a great jump ball guy at the same time too. Like it's like you have the skills to like stretch the field, and you don't do it. Yeah, I don't know. It, and this is the second week in a row where we're complaining about offensive play calling and it's just it's getting repetitive really quickly and frankly I don't see a, any big change that we're going to make at week six no and I, I don't think even offseason like I like I said I just don't think Campbell lets go of these guys like all of them are so close but like I'm sitting here thinking of like I'm probably mispronouncing his last name but Nate Shilassi he's a wide receiver running back coach he played quarterback in college I can guarantee you his offensive play calling would be way more creative than Manning like We've just seen a really boring offense every year that Manning's been here, and the one year that you know he took the job in Indy, it was just a firepower offense. And a boring offense is set to fit the team the last three years when you got these jumbo sets with three tight ends in the game. Yeah, and again, like, like I said, That's you had work. you had the players to bail you out this year. Open up the playbook. Yeah, we got the speed, we got the talent, we got the arm finally. Yeah. And we're just not using it anyway, and we're still stuck in these situations where we got two tight ends on the field for no good reason. Yeah. I mean, Dean had the one touchdown, but I could have caught that pass. Yeah, it was wide open. So, I don't know. It's Something needs to change there, and unfortunately, we're at the point of the season where it's it, not the Big 12 is just complete meat grinder, yeah. and you don't get a break anymore. Our yeah. bye week is your after bias, Texas. Your ex- yeah, and you're like a true, like you're like, you know, the last couple seasons you've been like, Oh, you can swim me nice. You kind of take out some gunk, maybe like tech or like yeah. stuff like that. You kind of felt like you had a game where it's like, okay, we can make some sloppy stuff and we'll be fine. This would be a great week for a bye week. Yeah, and Deckers needs it. It's a good example of someone who needs it more than ever. But Deckers unfortunately, needs it. The running backs need it to get healthy. And uh, the coaching staff needs it. Yeah, I mean, I, now, outside of anyone on that defensive staff, they're, you know, they had a crappy showing against Baylor. But honestly, you look back at the last couple years, it feels like week one of Big 12 play, It's the defense has never been great. But then no. after that, they lock it down. And I was just talking to you before we started this podcast. I think this is going to be one of the teams at the end of the year we look back and we're kicking ourselves for losing a game like this. And we think, man, this team is so talented. How did we not win more games? And I truly think that's how we're going to be looking at it at the end of the year. If we're back in Memphis or whatever at 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, it's just... Man, I mean, if the talent could have came together earlier, or right. if this playbook got opened up earlier, um, I don't know. But I think you know, 
there's a lot there's no one person to blame on this offense um you know protection's got to be a little bit better but at the same time when you have a game where you're only able to really throw the ball it makes protection that much harder um running game needs to be better you know that sucks that you don't have your one and two receivers i feel like have been good for what they've been asked to do i don't understand the continued um disappearance of Shaw after he did really well versus Ohio um but it's clear that we're really only going to see three guys in Hutch Stanley and Noel which they are probably your three best guys but you know I'd like a little bit more of Shaw um so I mean you know Deckers he's gonna he's going through growing pains he's figuring it out at the same time I'm also like him and Hutch was a big they were really off cue um, there was some arguing between those two, Deckers and Matt. Like that, those, those trios of guys were kind of all mad at each other. It felt like most of the game, and I have complete confidence that Hutch is running the right route every time. Yeah, I don't think it's on him. He's in year three of yeah. this program, so and his fifth year as a college player. So Correct. It, I don't think he's making mistakes as fifth year in college and. Deckers, like we've been saying the whole episode, he's in year three. Yeah. Whether he has experience or not, and he does, it's game five. Yeah. You're pretty much halfway through the season. I mean, at this point, you got to figure it out. You're finally hitting real competition, and that's great. But, I mean, it seems like his play is almost decreasing. Yeah. Which is somewhat due to the competition, but Kansas is not exactly a great defense. No. So that's where, like, last week it just really, I don't know. Um, but I feel like we talked a lot about what we can for the offense. Um, I don't know. There just needs to be more creative play calling. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be do something crazy where we're doing these. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't like to see this every now and then. We'd throw a little wide receiver screen, but uh, hey, guess what? It's actually a pass. Just like something every now and then or some end arounds or take more shots downfield, just anything. It just it feels like we're running the same combination of throw shallow crossers underneath, attack the sideline, hope Hutch can bail you out every now and then. It also feels like we're just not attacking the middle anymore, which I don't quite understand. Um, we're making long throws, and then we're surprised when it gets picked off. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I would say there's just a lot that needs to be go on in terms of the offense um although like 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 we've said we don't get a chance to really sit back and like look we got to keep preparing for the next team so it is what it is hopefully Jarrell's healthy next week and the offense is more in rhythm it'll be nice to be back in Jack Trice but um last thing we have to cover I don't think there's really much to say about it it's very blatant and it's been the same for seven years now um, but you have your field goal kicker go one and four or one for four. Um, now, you know, he didn't miss his first two bad at all. Like sure. They hit the upright, but at the same time, like it was there and just barely missed, you know, bounces off the upright. So They're not tough field goals. That's the thing. If he's missing from 52, whatever. Well, I think the second 38. was 45. So that one, I'll give him a little sure. whatever, but that, that first one was like 38, I think. Uh, so that's like, at the end of the day, I don't care if you're a true freshman, you're playing power five football. And kicking isn't necessarily a thing that you need to learn. 
No. You either have it or you don't. And nerves is just... Kicking is very much a psychological position. Yeah. And so, like, I even if... You know, even if he had made his first two, he would have still been ungodly nervous if it was a situation where it came down to, if you miss this, we lose the game. So that last one, I think it was the right decision for Campbell to kick it because the defense was playing great. Yeah, and if we if we get into overtime, we win the game. Yeah. Um, so like he made the right decision, but at the same time, it's like you're putting it in 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 the right leg of a kicker that's confidence is completely shooken up and he's beyond nervous. So, and he actually made a statement in the press conference. He's saying like, I feel like these veteran guys have done everything they possibly can to win these games. And unfortunately we keep putting it in the hands of these young guys and we can't do that. Not and, in 12 this year. No. And I think like, it's, you look at Hutch 13 catches, 101, like even that fourth and seven, like he, he held on to that thing after taking a shot. Went down for a little bit, got back up. Will McDonald, even though he didn't have a sack, played great in the run game, made sound tackles. Deflection. Uh, Orion Vance, you know, getting the strip, uh, just playing great football once again. Anthony Johnson holding down the back end. Like, you can't ask any more from these veteran guys. And, it, you know, I don't want to use this season as, oh, it was a young team. Like, it feels like that's going to be our crutch all year. But at the same time, it's a talented young team. And so at some point, they need to pull it together. Um, so, you know, the Gilbert situation, it's like, um, you know, I, I think even before he missed it, though, it was like we were maybe at the Kansas like 28 or something. We went for a fourth and seven. So, like, before he even took a field goal attempt, you could tell, you know, Campbell doesn't have a lot of confidence in Gilbert. Think of this more like we 2018, yeah. 2019 with a Sally. It's like, very it's, similar. It's that situation. We go for a lot. We went for, like, two or three fourth and longs. Yeah. I mean, that, that that also kind of leads into the kicker just doubting himself a little bit, which it is what it is. But you really – and I feel for him, and I just hope he can get his head back for the rest of the season because this is something that can kind of get in your head and then affect you for the rest of the season, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, you know, he is a true freshman at the end of the day. So I know that, like, when you're at – when you're at power five, some of these, some of those kicks you needed, like you're expected to make. But again, at the end of the day, he's young, so I mean, whatever. Um, but yeah, even like special teams, like getting off of you know the field goals today, Noel muffs a punt. Um, we have we had two block punts against Iowa. Had a block PAT versus Ohio. Um, even the PAT attempt was a terrible snap. <laughs> Blake Clark, the best athlete in the Clark family obviously um you know makes a really good play and gets two points for us uh but you couldn't even get a PAT has he played work. running back I don't know he looks he, like our best yeah, one yeah um but yeah it's like you couldn't even get a PAT right no and I mean that was just kind of comical at that point it's just at that point special teams just walk out on the field and Everybody just throws their arms up. We got no chance. Yeah. Something's going to go wrong. The only thing that went right all day was the punter. Who would have thought at yeah. week one that was what's going to go right? But, I mean, special teams kind of is what it is at this point. It's your seven, eight, the Campbell staff, seven, I think. Seven. And it's been the same way all seven years, so it's not going to change, and it's just on the offense and defense to make up for the minus seven special teams margin that's going to happen every game. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, like, it's annoying that you can't fix this 
blatant issue that's been in your program your entire time. But it hasn't been fixed, and whatever, I guess. It was... You really take having a good field goal kicker for granted. Every single year we've had a good kicker, it's ended in a good year. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Like, it's... You know, at the end of the day, I think you can't put that game in the foot of Gilbert's hands. And even, like, the times that you stalled out and kicked it, like... Now, the one where he did make his field goal, a lot of people were kind of saying that Hutch needed to hold on that ball. He got his hands on the ball for, like, a second. Kenny Logan made a great play and instantly hit him. So that's that's just a good play by Logan. Like, I don't really put that on Hutch. Like, he didn't have a, a, enough time to haul the ball in. It was a perfect ball, great route, better play by Kenny Logan. So, I mean, whatever. But at the end of the day, you stalled out way too many times. And you put your faith, again, in a young, true freshman on the road. Can't do that. And so that, at the end of the day, falls on the offense again where play calling was bad and Deckers took a sack when he didn't need to. Um, You settle for underneath routes. So you can say, like, yeah, the kid missed three, but you continue to put out the kid who was nervous and had bad confidence that day. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I don't know. Special teams is kind of a tired conversation at year seven. And this game is equally on offense as it is special teams because obviously if the offense can punch a touchdown in, we don't have to send a true freshman kicker out there. Yeah, like everyone's going to look at this game and be like, oh, you lost by three and you missed three field goals. That's the casual argument. (laughs) But if you really look at it, it's, you know, your offense needs to do a better job. I mean, definitely, and that's just... That's the constant here. I mean, special teams are going to do what they're going to do, and you just kind of got to make up for it at this point. This, it's not like we got blown out, and it's we were well within the game. We, I don't want to say we should have won the game because we should. We definitely didn't deserve to win the game, but you know, Chris Williams was talking about this. Like, looking at um, the um, like the Baylor game. Baylor was the better team, like without a doubt. Like Baylor's a better team than Iowa State. No, and they they like, figured out a way to beat us in the air. Yeah, and that usually doesn't happen against a three three five. Yeah. Kansas, they didn't really beat us. It's just we beat ourselves at the end of the day. Yeah, and you can't I, be turning I don't, the ball over. You can't be muffing a punt. You can't be missing three field goals. No. That's how you lose the game. And I don't care that Kansas is ranked nineteenth in the country now. Like again, props to them. Good but, for them. They get game day this week too. Yeah. Um. But, like, again, like, props to them. They're 5-0. and They're ranked 19th. But I also don't think Kansas is a better team than Iowa State. Like, there's no reason for me to come out of yesterday saying Kansas is a better team than Iowa State. Because they're not. They are simply not a better team than us. We just... We played bad. And our defense did everything they could. And the offense was bad. Special teams was bad. I don't think Kansas is a better team. But it's at the end of the day, I'm not sitting here saying, like, yeah, we should have won that game. No, we did not deserve to win that game, but we had a shot to win the game. And to sh- like to show you, like how bad the offense played and how poorly special teams was, like you still had a shot to win that game. And I think that should tell you Iowa State is the better team. You were on the road um, for their homecoming. They're four zero. Like they claimed it was a sellout. There was a lot of empty seats. I there. was thinking the same thing, but um, but at the end of the day, I still think Iowa State is the better team, but. They were. They did not play better that day. So yeah, they got the Nebraska sellout that game, but 
I mean, definitely, it's just as much as we're talking about, okay, we got more talent than we used to, it's not enough talent to win you games. We're not Texas A&M with a bunch of five stars, and yeah. we just can't win. But, I mean, it's something's got to change. Unfortunately, you're in the middle of the season. And, and now you're playing a team that's uh, looking really good. They're tied at the top of the conference with Kansas, as we all predicted. Yeah. Um, but... Um, hopefully Iowa State can have a good week of practice. Hopefully you get some guys back from injury, and then they turn around versus K-State. But, um, yeah, it was rough. It's a game that I guarantee you will look back at the end of the year and be like, how did we lose this? Um, but you do. And at the end of the day, I think everyone should just hope and pray Iowa State can get to six. Yeah, that's the goal at this point, I think. It's definitely shifted a little bit after the last two games, and it's just, okay, get to bowl eligibility, look towards next year. Yeah. And it's also like, if you would have told me that Iowa State was 3-2 and two after five games, I wouldn't have been shocked. But to tell you that their two losses were Baylor and Kansas, I'd be like, huh. That's concerning. Because, um, again, you go, like, that's like that's the weird thing, right? You go into Big 12 and you're 3-0 and oh and you're like, oh, you finally get out with, like, this team's good. And you're like, we can go, like, 9-3. and three. Like, we can go 6-3 and three in conference play. And, I mean, it, football is very similar to basketball in the sense that you have a lot of time in between games and you overreact to every single game. Yeah. And if Iowa State goes out and beats Kansas State by 20, which I don't think there's any way to do, but if they do, we're going to be back to, okay, they could technically win eight games if we win this game, this game, okay, well, that's completely theoretical, and you're going to feel completely different after the next game, so it's just, I don't know, hopefully it's a different conversation next week at this time, Yeah, I don't think it will be, but I hope they prove me wrong, and there's a little more optimism towards the rest of the year at the end. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything left to cover. We went really in-depth on everything. Um, again, really tough pill to swallow. Um, although I don't think Iowa State deserved to win that game, they should be 4-1. and one. Uh, That's just a game you simply can't lose. I don't, again, I get they're ranked, but at the end of the day, I don't really know how much you can say about their wins that they have. You know, they beat us, they beat West Virginia, their non-cons or whatever. But, I don't know. I, Kansas is not the old Kansas, but there may be a 6-6 six and six team at best. Um, they won't be, because they'll probably end up getting like 7-5. and five. They could go 6-6, six and six, but at the end of the day, uh, Iowa State should be 4-1, and one, even though you didn't deserve to win the game. Uh, you just... You couldn't lose that game, especially out of the effort of the defense, but... Um, yeah, you got any last words for... I was just going to ask you, what? who do you think the best team in the Big 12 is? Because I've been stumped by this all week. I would say it's K-State or Oklahoma State. Okay. I think we're on the same page. I was going to say Oklahoma State. They seem like the most consistent to me, but yeah. it's kind of hard just to tell. You're still two weeks into the real season, so it's... Yeah, it's a... And, I mean, Oklahoma State was us kind of last year. Them and Baylor are kind of the same boat where they had a, they have a lot of guys returning and they have those expectations. Oki State goes on the road and beats Baylor. Um, you know, K-State has a really good win on the road for Oklahoma. Whether or not we know what kind of Oklahoma team we have this year, still a good win. Um, they are really good at running the ball. Um, so, I don't know. Those are my two teams where, like, I feel like they've got the jump start right now, but the Big 12 is so crazy that anyone can pull away 
by the time we get to December 4th. And it's still two games in, and we're tied with Oklahoma in last. <laughs> and it's like, okay, Oklahoma's not going to go winless in the conference, and yeah. neither are we. So, yeah. And same thing at the top. Kansas isn't going to go undefeated. Kansas State's not going to go undefeated. TCU's undefeated. I mean, yeah. the conference is still wide open, but it puts, getting at two losses puts you in a hole that you have to climb out of to make bowl eligibility, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up, guys. Very long episode. I'm not really shocked by any means. There was a lot to talk about. So if you got here, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, as always, guys, make sure to go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Side of the Storm. If we have service like when, like when we're at games... We try to tweet. Um, In the Jack tries? That doesn't happen. That won't happen. Um, But the rest of the road games for the rest of the year, you can expect tweets for the middle of the game. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, we just kind of, we let let you know the time of podcasts is out, along with digital content, whether that just be thoughts about games um, or just like any, you know, polls or just a lot of additional content. So go ahead and check us out, guys. Um, Outside of that, um, hopefully Iowa State can prove us wrong and kind of evolve into the team that we see the talent. Um, I don't know. Uh, next week is a very interesting one. Under the lights helps. Yeah, I think this is the first game that you really get the full home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, the 11-1s, and ones, Baylor was a big game, but the 11 o'clock kind of takes a little bit out of it. And I think definitely a night game. In October, I mean, this is kind of where we've seen teams in the past kind of flip the corner a little bit. You look at games like West Virginia, West Virginia in eighteen. I mean, we were one and three, uh, two and three, because that was two after three. Oklahoma State. Okay, so two and three, but it was definitely not a situation where you're like, okay, we should be able to play with them. We're we've proven ourselves to be able to play with the number seven team in the country. I mean. It's just kind of one of these things where somebody's got to have a breakout game, and hopefully that's something on the offense. I think the defense will be fine. Kansas State's not going to light you up. I hope. Yeah, you you can you you can expect probably just a lot of running, uh, which I guess is their strength on our strength, to be honest. But um, nonetheless, hopefully Iowa State can have a good week of practice, figure some stuff out. But outside of that, you guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Once again, thank you for sticking along if you stuck for basically the entire hour, which, boom, longest episode of the show. Um, but, yeah, you guys, that's going to end it for today. Thank you guys for, uh, for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed, maybe. Uh, maybe, you just, you, maybe you just were a little depressed like us and you want to hear someone else's thoughts. But uh, until next time, you guys, roll clones, baby.